Fulhamish is back for the season by Labrooks. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish podcast. My name is Sammy James. We are your independent voice of Fulham FC and the podcasts are coming thick and fast. Today we'll be looking back at the New Year's Day defeat at the Emirates Stadium. New Year, same old shite as we lost 4-1 with a leaky defence and several golden opportunities missed for Fulham. I'm here with Don Betts. Hi Don. Hello, hello. How are we? Happy 2019 to you. Yeah, mate. New Year, same Fulham. So that's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Have you been enjoying the darts? Oh yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do now, it's over. I mean, I might have to do some work during the day. Like when, when the afternoon session stops after the quarterfinals. I mean, actually talking about that, in the Huddersfield game, I went down last half an hour to get a beer and they were showing the darts in the concourse. It's a shame it was the last game in the evening session, otherwise I would have just stayed down there and continue to watch the rest of the afternoon session. So we'll be looking back uh, at yesterday's defeat at Arsenal. Uh, we will touch a little bit about, upon the Oldham game, as much as you really can preview an FA Cup game at home against Oldham. Uh, and we'll also look uh, at some January transfer rumours, as well as answering your questions as well. Uh, time to do some three-word reviews. Dom, I won't drop the three-word reviews on you. I will do them uh, myself. So let's have a look what came in. Shall we, should we do Instagram? Yeah, go with the IG. Yeah, let's have a look at Instagram, see what came in. All right, starting with uh, Will Greenhalge. Uh, Cess had hangover. Uh, Jake Symes should have scored four. Uh, Richard Bamber, Sol Bamber, always in there. Guna get better. That's very, very nice. Uh, Cess blunders twice from Louis Canwell. Alex DeBoer, Abu strikes back and Kid Waxwing, 2019 wasted chances. Yeah, Very good free word reviews today. Uh, do get involved. You can either post on Instagram or they're on Twitter or on Facebook as well after every single game. We do love hearing your three word reviews. Uh, this season, Fulhamish is backed by Labricks. For exclusive specials and promotions, head to bets.fulhamish.co.uk. So, Dom, it was... An unfortunate 4-1 defeat. Uh, I calculated earlier that one-fifth of all our goals conceded this season have come against Arsenal. That's oh, nice. Gosh. That's that's lovely. It's not a, not a bad little um, stat. Yeah, I th- after the game, I was actually I know we lost 4-1, but I was quite positive, yeah. to, to be honest. I thought, we sh- in glimpses, we showed well into, until they scored their first goal. We could have been 2 or 3-0 up. Obviously, second one had two massive chances. I mean, the first one, the 1-1, one one, when Kenny plays him through in. I don't know what the Arsenal fans are, are doing. Like there's a, there's a high line, but... There's no pressing. I mean, you know, him, it was, both him and Mitrich were ba- could have been played through. Obviously, Cess was... Ju- I think Mitrich might have been just offside, but I think Cess wasn't. Cess was I Cess. think they tried to play Mitrovic offside and they ran up and then just didn't account for, for Cessignon. For Cessignon. And then obviously he went through and then he blazed it wide, which is very similar to his chance at Anfield, I think. I think it's a harder chance than the one at Anfield because he is a bit wider and there is only really one spot he can hit to score, whereas the one at Anfield, he was much more central. He could have chipped Allison. He could have kind of gone left or right, whereas really his only option was to go for that far corner. And if you don't find it, but is it true that Cess of last season, if that was against Derby, would it, would have buried that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's just a confidence problem because because yeah. you're so consistently scoring last season, it's sort of second nature to you. But also a lot he didn't, he sort of, sort of had a lot of time to think with that goal, and I think he's a very instinctive type player. So I think for us, it is it it, it it's it is getting it is annoying. But again, it is Arsenal away. Like really, are you expecting any results? No, you're not. So I think it's just annoying when you do miss the chances. Yeah, it is. If it had been, I don't know, they'd have scored with that Aubameyang chance in the first minute and then it had gone on to be a 4-1 game. I think 
we'd be a little less rueful. For me, the actual better Sessegnon chance is from the Sherla cross. Now, that is a chance I actually expect Sessegnon to, to gobble up. He just mistimes his run, I think. Yeah, he mistimes he? his run, and you, you expect him to at least get some sort of contact on the ball, and if he does, it's most likely going to go in the back of a net. I mean, yeah, it was actually a good cross from Sherla, probably one of the first times we've actually seen Sherla cross the ball instead of shooting from there. Yeah. But I think, yeah, no, it's, it, it was annoying because we could have been two or three in luck before they scored, but again, it is Arsenal, and you just got to focus on the win- our winnable game. So the Burnley game, the Palace game, the Brighton game, really. Yeah, of course, but with a lot of difficult home games coming up there has got to be a point this season where Fulham do need to get a shock result somewhere get a three points even a point kind of out of nowhere well, and, and the home games are where we need that to happen because if you look I've mentioned this quite a few times I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast but I definitely mentioned it in person Is we've still got to play five of the top six at home yeah. the only top six side we play at home is Arsenal we've still got to play City still got to play Liverpool still got to play Chelsea which all in one month I think in March yeah. and obviously still got United you still got Spurs obviously this month so you know we are going to have to pick up some form of results in those home games. Otherwise, there's no chance of staying up. If you play like we did against Huddersfield, I don't think we'll stay up. We play against like we did in the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes against Arsenal, we might have a chance. So I think, it, again, it, we are, as I, I've mentioned actually, time. I think I mentioned after the Leicester game, there's, you're running out of games when you can say, oh, we can take a point. Look at the Wolves and Leicester games. We realistically should be four points better off yeah, because we should have won both of those home games. You look at Leicester with 7 4 8 from the league at the time, you know, oh, it's a good point. It's not actually that good of a point because on the balance of play you sh- we should have won the game and you know I get as I said we- if we were four points better off where would we be in the table like we'd definitely be at the bottom three well we've missed several late chances you even look back to, to the Watford game and Mitrovic at the bar in the last minute the Newcastle game uh, we didn't take the points fortunately against Huddersfield we kind of reversed that trend and finally managed to claw some slightly undeserved points but if we're looking at all those on. games we just listed I'd argue Huddersfield's a game we played worse in as well yeah completely but fortunately, we managed to turn it round and, and things do tend to even themselves out over a season. Uh, let's come on to Arsenal's opener because it was a sickener. It was about, it can't have been any more than two minutes after Sessegnon missed that second chance. And we can stand here and criticise the defence all we want. And they have been pretty poor this season. Dennis Adoy um, has, has been culpable for lots of goals. So is Cyrus Christie. But that goal is the fault of one man and one man only. And it's Tom Kearney. If you watch the highlights back... And, and watch it a couple of times and just watch how Kearney is marking Granite Xhaka up until the final moment. Just just completely lets him go. And Kearney was decent yesterday on the ball going forward. But that is just shocking. And it's happened again. And Seri has been laid blame for, for multiple goals coming from midfielders this season. And, and we've laid into Seri. So I think you have to lay into Kearney here because it it's shocking to just allow Xhaka to waltz into the box like that. Well, yeah, after I was complaining about paying £5.10 for a pint and a half time, I was like, Kearney, what's he doing on that goal? I think I said to my mate, have, has he run this half? Like, have I seen him actually make a run? Like, I know he played the ball into Cesc, but he seemed to be just sort of lounging about the entirety of the first half. He didn't look like... He looked quite disinterested, if I'm being honest. Yes, when he, when he got the ball to his feet, he was proactive with it, but off the ball, he just looked totally disinterested. And, yeah, I think all majority of the blame, or nearly all the blame, that guy, as you said, has to go on TC. You know, so it, Cyrus Christie and Adoy, yes, they've been at fault, as you said, for quite a few goals this season, but there, you've got to look at the captain and think, what, mate, what are you doing? I mean, it's just... It's absolute basics. And, and, and he was so responsible as well well for that Shakiri goal uh, against Liverpool which really killed off any hope of getting anything out of that game as unlikely as it was it just seems basic to, to mark your man and stay marking him and if for any reason 
you feel like he's got into a position of the pitch where you should no longer be marking him, make sure he's passed on. Make sure someone has taken responsibility. Tim Ream's face. Because he has absolutely no idea Xhaka's there because he's too busy, uh, I think, watching um, Lacazette, which is completely fair enough. And it's clever play by Lacazette to spot Xhaka and leave the ball for him. But Ream's face is just like... Oh, you've got to be joking me. Well, it's just simple thought you learn when you're a kid. Like, you stay with your man or you let them know that your your your, your man's leaving. Yeah. Like, you learn it when you when you play Little League when you're, like, seven, eight years old, really. Like, you you, you, you mark your man and Kenny just sort of disinterested, lets Jacka run and he, he scores the goal. And that was a massive sucker punch for us because we were like, we should have scored two at least two goals in that period. I thought yeah. we were definitely the better team, apart from, obviously, a bad man's chance in the first minute. I think up to that point, we were definitely the better team in the game. It was just a massive sucker punch for us. And it's been a consistent theme, especially through recent weeks, of just missing crucial chances that don't get us into the lead. I think the West Ham game was probably the, the clearest evidence of that and when Kamara and Mitrovic missed massive chances to put us up in front and every time in this Premier League season we keep getting caught with sucker punches barring the Huddersfield game where Huddersfield don't have any attacking But if potency. they if they did have any potency they would they would have been winning in that first half because they were definitely the better team. Yeah. So I think we got lucky in that sense and I think yeah you Again, you say, as I said, it is the top six home in a way, but when you do get the chances in the Premier League, you have to put them away. Yeah, and, and, we've, and we're not doing that. And whilst I keep hearing this kind of cliche of, oh, Fulham have got goals in them, and yes, Mitrovic is a goal scorer, I think no team has had more games this season where they haven't scored a goal in a game well, than, if, than if, Fulham. If you take, let's say, if you take what Kamara, Schurler, and Mitrovic out of the team, let's say, right? Yeah. We've probably only scored about three goals. Yeah. Four goals. And also, you take away a couple of games. For instance, the Burnley game where we scored four, maybe the Southampton game where we scored three. We've, we've barely scored any goals at all. There is a that's, 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 pretty, that's probably nearly half or a third of our goals this season. Yeah. In just those two games. Like, I think, you know, we as you said, I think Scherler's got, got five, Kamara's got three or four, Mitrovic's got seven or eight, I want to say. Mm. And, you know... It, although they they do score goals, I mean, a lot of last season and the season before, we a lot of our goals we weren't reliant on one player. Goals no. were playing coming all over the, from the midfielders. You know, I think TC and Johansson in the season we got knocked out in the playoffs both scored over ten goals. I think you know, Sessegnon last season got over ten goals. Obviously, he's only got the is it one this season, two, two this season. So I think it's getting to the point where everyone says, oh, we need to fix the defense, but we kind of also need to find some players who can put the ball in the back of the net. 100%. And uh, we'll come on to some January transfers. Uh, second half, it was a, a pretty slow start from Fulham and, and Arsenal got uh, the second goal. For me, whilst there are a few defensive points you can pick up with that goal, that is a beautiful move. From yeah, Arsenal. it's just the, a good... The, the angles are, yeah. are, are something you know, else. You know, what, you, know, you know what Arsenal are capable of. You know what Arsenal are about. You know they're terrible at defending, but when they want to, absolutely mesmerising going forward. When you've got two of arguably the best strikers in the league and Lacazette and Aubameyang and, and other teams find it so hard to find a clinical striker and they've got two of them I mean everyone sort of talks about you know Kane, Aguero Aubameyang's up there yeah completely I, I think he, he, he I think he could easily win the golden boot this season because Arsenal scores so many goals and he's involved in all the moves that quite easily but yes it, it is, it's just a very good move from Arsenal it's what you expect from a top six side really yeah exactly I think Aubameyang's Impact went onto the radar because he signed last January, and that's it. And he it was a difficult six months 
for Arsenal where they weren't really doing. Anything. He was still banging in the goals. He was well. He he was a bit slow. I think he was started to knock him in in the Europa League. But had he joined in a summer, I think his impact would be a little bit more noticed. It is a bit odd. And yesterday you really saw it firsthand. He is a talent, talented footballer and and Lacazette as well. The the, the skill and the guile. Um, whenever he got the ball, I mean, it was it was a class above uh, what our defense is is normally used to, and 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 for the most part, I felt like the defense, especially in the first half, were fairly competent at at keeping Arsenal at bay, and and Ibrahim Rasisa actually thought did pretty well. Yeah, I, I was talking about him after the game actually, and I think that yeah, he wasn't mesmerizing or amazing, but he did he did what he needed to do. Yeah, I obviously think Chambers will come back in because Chambers is obviously a better player. But you know, I, it, we didn't know if if we had an option, and you know, everyone thought, oh, would it be McDonald? Is he just going to get outrun? And I think it was quite clever from Renier to put CCM because if he did put McDonald in, let's say, he, he would have been totally outrun. And I was like, as I've said it, McDonald. If he, if he plays he can't leave his own off because he's just going to completely outrun I mm. thought Cissé did alright I mean if we were ever to play a, double, play, play a double pivot I think if I'm not against the idea of against the top six side making a massive massive low block of about seven players like well it's pretty much how we defended against Liverpool we just had like the, the four and then three just all pretty much defending so I think I think I think you know if him and James were ever to have a, like, both a low block and a double pivot I'm not against the idea if we're in a t- if it's like not necessarily all it's game measures, it's the, yeah but if you're trying to protect the lead let's say yeah I think that could work and you know as I said if the wingbacks are bombing forward then you've got the, the defenders to go outwards and then you've got Cissé and James who can slot in to cover so I think it's, I'm not obviously I don't think we should be playing it but if we if needs must then I'm not against the idea and I think Cissé did it right and it shows that if James were to get an injury we've got a solid player in there yeah I, I was honestly quite impressed with Cissé and, and quite often yesterday um, received the ball under a great amount of pressure. He would receive a you know flying pass at him, and he would have Arsenal players swarming him. And and pretty much every time, found another Fulham player in space and and dealt with the situation. I don't really remember him putting too many wrong passes together. Okay, he didn't really have that driving impact um, that you'd like from a defensive midfielder who can really push you forward. And I think Callum Chambers has more of that about him, but. Hey, I think he's definitely solidified his place as as a backup CDM, and fair play to him because it's his first start since Leeds United away. Yeah, that was last August. Yeah, last August. Yeah, it's or two years ago technically now. So it's 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 it's, it's quite weird how little he played. He saw one of those players who went missing under Slav. I think when Abubakar Kamara or Cabano put on his Instagram story. Marvin Cabano just mugging off someone's shoes and or Dennis Adoy's shoes and then Cissé was just laughing in the background I was like oh he's still here isn't he yeah, he's I thought it was going to be another case of Lionel Cole and he just sort of just disappears off the face of the earth no fair play to Cissé uh, I quite liked uh, Cissé's Instagram story yesterday and he kind of stood in the mist- middle of the pitch and you wondered if he kind of felt a bit like a tourist or something he's like oh wow well, look at this this is amazing I'm, I'm starting a game um, Fulham got their goal though and uh, Abubakar Kamara and John Mikel Seri came on and pretty much had an instant impact especially Seri who I really thought was was quite bright and lively when he came on the pitch well yeah obviously it's one of the first games where he's actually been dropped this season so he clearly was going to be like no I don't want to be dropped I think like it's because obviously it's between him and TC I don't think they can play together in the same side I I don't I've said it from the beginning I don't think they can so I think yeah, I thought they were both they were both good when he came on. Obviously, both wanted to go out there and prove a point. Say, so want to prove you don't drop me, mate. I'm I think I'm the quality set in the mid here. I'll be playing. And then Kamara, obviously, after the penalty debacle, wanted to prove a point and he got his goal. Of 
cross from Sess, I think it was. was it yeah, Sess? it was a really good cross yeah, by Sess good, as well. Really good cross from Sess to find him at the back post and he just tapped it in. Uh, the only moment for me which was massively frustrating um, was at 2-1 and pretty much straight away after uh, Seri releases Kamara down the right-hand side with an exquisite ball and, and it's, it's basically two on two and it's such a good opportunity and I think there Kamara just showed a little bit of a lack of football awareness really and tried to pick out Mitrovic but it was just so obvious and Leno captured it and actually if you watch the highlights back on the website and and Jamie says shoot and he actually probably was the right move because Leno has completely anticipated the cross and has actually left his near post very very exposed and it was just one of those moments where if we can get back into the game there at 2-2 then then Arsenal would have been shell-shocked because they looked quite it was. It took about. It was a good five ten minutes of pressure there, where Fulham were kind of on top after we got the goal back. Well, yeah, as I said, I think the best our best moments in the game was before Arsenal scored and once and between our, our first goal and their third goal. And I think, yeah, as you said, we've said it multiple times. Whenever it's quite similar to Sherlock, like whenever he needs to pass, he shoots, and whenever he needs to shoot, he passes. It just it just comes to footballing intelligence, and you can't really excuse it for Sherlock. He's a World Cup winner. Like, we know Kamara hasn't got any footballing sentence. He hasn't shown it since he joined the club. And it's just, it's quite frustrating when you've got a player who's got the physical assets to be a really, real big danger, but he's just got no football intelligence whatsoever. Yes, he scored, he's, he's come into form in the last couple of months, scoring a few goals. But, you know, I think, yeah, there's where you see a Premier League player and then a Championship slash maybe a Premier League player. But yeah, fair play to Kamara, though. Came on, got a good reception from the fans as well which was nice and made that immediate impact and I've banged on about it I really think he is a useful impact player especially away from home at grounds like Arsenal where there's a lot of space on the pitch against tired legs and 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 defenders are not enjoying or relishing the thoughts of having 30-35 minutes of, of Abubakar Kamara's pace and strength yeah I wouldn't start him in games I, th- I think he's because he's, if we don't start him we haven't really got that impact player off the bench I think that's actually what he's useful for. Yeah. Yes, you've got Gabbana and Ite, but they're not forwards. They're more wingers. They're not going to have, and they're not as, as I try my bull in a china shop. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They haven't got like quite about them. So I think if we are going to, let's say it's Shirley, I thought Shirley was a bit better than usual actually yesterday. Bit thought, better, but still, no, not, still it, not good enough. No, he was still, he was still pretty bad. So slow. Yeah. No. As I said, the, that, that, that chance against Wolves where he gets played through, and he just doesn't like. He did, I don't think he knows how to run. It looks like he's running through treacle the whole time. It, it absolutely baffles me because he was a player pretty well known for his pace back in the day. He's obviously just lost a yard. Do you know, I said this, I think, I might have said this on the fan cam yesterday. I can't remember if it was on the fan cam or just to someone in person. He reminds me a bit of John Arnarisa, as in not positionally, but a player who used to be flipping brilliant and used to have such an impact for kind of a top six club. And the years have gone on. And he's coming into this side, trying to be the player that he was five, ten years ago, when clearly he hasn't adapted his game to the changes in his physical... And you look at players down the years, some of the great players, like longevity, Ryan Giggs, who used to be completely reliant on his pace, his trickery, his skill, adapted his game when he realised that his physical condition was changing over the years. And, and, and Sherla doesn't seem to have well, done I that. I think the best football players of all time are always the ones who rely on a technical ability and not their physical assets. Yeah, I think you look at Xavi, you look at Andrea Perlo, you think of Ryan Giggs, you think of all the players who've lasted, who last till they're near enough 40. They're all the, like even Iniesta was known for his pace, but then he adapted his... And I'm, I'm, I'm not comparing Sherla to these players, but I'm saying the best players 
can use adapt their game and just rely on their technical ability. And Sherlock clearly has technical ability. I just think he hasn't adapted into the player he needs. Does he need to become a more, more central player? A bit like I'm not going to compare him to Ronaldo, but obviously Ronaldo's moved from the wing into the forward when he knew he was missing that final sort of lack of pace or that final bit of pace that he used to have. So I think Sherlock doesn't really know how to adapt to what he is now. So. Yeah, I don't know. It was a bit better than usual, but I still thought it was pretty bad. Um, but the game all really changed when, when Arsenal got their third. The Arsenal fans booed when, when Lacazette came off for Aaron Ramsey and um, Unai Emery pretty quickly was shown to have got it right when, when Ramsey was a lovely goal again. Um, and I know that... Was it, was it his first touch or was it... Like his... Definitely one of his yeah, first, first obviously touches. It was, it, obviously, you want to... I don't know, prove a point there because obviously the, the papers, the back pages on yesterday were just filled with Ramsey to Juve, Ramsey to Bayern, Ramsey to Real. Um, I think Juve was the most likely option. I think they were, they were even explaining what the deal was, £140,000 a week, £12 million signing on fee. So I think, yeah, he won't, I don't I think, yeah, but he's also got, in this six months, yes, he's probably going to leave, but he still needs to prove himself to the potential buyer. Yeah, so he is going to be performing for Arsenal season, and I think I think Ramsey's a great player. Yeah, really. I, good player. I think you know for a goal scoring midfielder, I think he's one of the best in the league, arguably. Like when he's on his day, I think he's unplayable, especially especially scoring goals. But I think you need to build your team around him. Yeah, no, I think it's a bit like uh, Pogba. I think it's a bit like Milinkovic Savage at Lazio. I think these these players, they you know they're top class, but they can only work in a system that suits their game, which isn't the best thing to have in a, in a team. But if they're that good, then maybe you should. Yeah, completely. And um, once that went in, I think we were all pretty resigned to the fate, as were probably the players by that point. Fulham didn't really go on and create any more chances. The fourth goal was worrying from a defensive point of view. Uh, I think it might have come originally from a corner, and it's terrible defending. Uh, Dennis Adoy and and, and Seri have a complete breakdown in communication. Eventually, uh, they let the ball bounce. Seri, it's a weak header out, and then just no one's marking Aubameyang. I mean... How, I don't know how no one can be marking one of the best strikes in the league. Yes, it's the fourth goal, so heads are already down and they're not really focused 100%, but you should be. Because, I mean, goal difference is very important for us. Well, it's very important, especially when you're seeing the goal difference of Burnley and Huddersfield. It's tumbling down and it is getting towards ours. And that's thanks to three games where we've actually not conceded many goals at all. So there is a chance that Fulham's goal difference can come into play. And... It was just sloppy for me and nothing Rico could do. Rico had a good game and actually very much kept us in it. We should should definitely point that out, especially towards the end of the first half. Arsenal could have ran away with it if they got the second. And I mean, he's probably been one of the brightest points of the season. After Mitrovic, he's probably been our best player this season. I think he has been. And I think if the player of season was tomorrow, I would probably... No, I, I, which I, like, I don't think Mitrovic had an amazing season, but he scored the goals. Yeah. So, you know, that's quite important for us. But as I said, you know... I think when you win titles, let's say, your most important thing is your defence. Because, yeah. you know, if you look at every team who's won the Premier League, they've had a leader at the back. If we Let's say, we, took, we look, I know Liverpool haven't won it yet, but let's say they look so much better because they've got Van Dijk. United had Vidic. Chelsea had Terry. Um, when, when Arsenal won the league, they had the likes of Tony Adams. And even when Leicester won the league, Wes Morgan yeah, was you, inspiration. And obviously Vincent Company in Man City. So you don't win the league unless you have a leaders at the back. And I think Rico is our leader at the back. I don't think the centre-backs are offering that at the moment. No. I think that's what we're missing at the back, is a leader. Because you can't do anything in football if you haven't got a commanding centre-back. Reem was that last season. He's not quite being it this season. So I think that's an important thing for us to look in the journey chance window, which obviously we'll get on to. But yeah, it's just annoying from a goal difference perspective because it would only be, it's minus two instead of minus three. That goal could 
mean loads of things. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, it was a disappointing day, uh, but there is some cause for optimism. Yeah, I think I was I was relatively positive. Um, walking back to the pub after the game. Yeah, I was way more positive after than this game than after the five-one against Arsenal, which exposed so many problems. I think I was probably more game. positive leaving this, and I was leaving the Wolves game. Yeah, because Wolves was annoying because we should have won that game. Yeah, I was probably more positive after this game than I was leaving the Leicester game because we should have won that game. So I think. There's cause for optimism, but again, it's all about getting the results in the games that we need to be getting the points in. 100%. Right, after the break, uh, we're going to have a quick look at Oldham uh, before doing some transfer stuff. Hello, I'm Brad Hangelin, and you are listening to the Fulhamish Podcast. Welcome back to the Fulhamish Podcast. Sammy James here with Don Betts. Hello, hello. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the Fulhamish YouTube channel. Uh, Jack Kelly's fan cams from the Emirates yesterday. Uh, should be up by the time you're listening to this. If not, they will be up very, very shortly. Uh, we've just gone over 1,600 subscribers. We're on our way to 2,000. So if you have a YouTube account, subscribe on there. Turn on your notifications. There's some great content uh, coming up over the next few weeks as well. And a stats show is in the pipeline, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is in the stats show labs as we speak. So, uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the Fulhamish YouTube channel. Um, transfers. Uh, really good roundup on the Fulhamish website by Cam Ramsey of all kind of the latest... Um, ffc rumors and we do very much put out there these are just rumors we're not claiming to have itk knowledge we're just rounding up what we see uh online so um let's have a little bit of look through some of the best ones dom uh the top one that everyone's talking about and i also read uh, dean jones's bleach report insider article as well earlier today and he also features on there it's gary cahill arsenal rumored to be interested as well but it doesn't look like um that will come off i think maybe for arsenal fans it just doesn't really sit quite right in terms of their ambition of, of signing someone of, of cahill's quality well, no it really... doesn't because you know they're both fighting for the, for that fourth place i think the top three i believe is pretty much sorted yeah and it's between man united arsenal and chelsea for the fourth place and i think if che- if this guy's nowhere near the chelsea team then what, what how can he be better for arsenal exactly and, it, and you know the reason he's not playing is because chelsea want to play out from the back and that's what arsenal do yeah so i can't yeah i think I can't see him going to Arsenal. So uh, the rumours have been there uh, for quite a long time of Cahill coming in. For me, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer. Our team is lacking experience and also a leader at the back, as you, as you alluded to in part one. And whilst Alfie Mawson does kind of tick a couple of those boxes, not not in the same vein as Gary Cahill. He's 32 um, it, it's got all the hallmarks of Johnny Heitinger, which was a great signing for us back in the season. We did get relegated, and ultimately, he added that solidity to our backline. And I think Cahill can do the or same. Even when we were in the championship, we signed Michael Turner. Like we just signed. You just that need, was another great sign. Yeah, I think it it makes sense because I know I know fans don't want to sign signing Chelsea's reserves, but I think for, we just need a leader at the back, and that's what Gary Cahill is. He's won everything there is to win. He's won the Premier League. He's won the Champions League. He's won the Europa League. He's won the FA Cup, and he's won the League Cup. There's nothing he hasn't won except like the club world championship when they lost to Atletico, uh, whoever <laughs> they lost to, and I think it was a Brazilian team in the final. I think you know it, it it would help it would help us, and you know as much as we think Reen's been good, I thought actually what one point was obviously Maxine de Marshall came back into the team yesterday. It was really weird because he was like playing holding midfield sometime, like he was really moving into the midfield, and maybe that's what Ranieri has been told. But I think yeah, on a, in an ideal world, you I'd I'd say Cahill, Le Marchand, and Mawson would be the back three if we signed him. Yeah. 
But I think it makes sense. You know, he's a leadership. He's not a leader at the back. We're not pl- playing out from the back anymore. We're playing a more direct style of football, and that was, that's what suits Gary K- Gary Cahill. And obviously, if we get we get corners. He's obviously going to be a threat from them as well. Uh, moving on, a uh, bit further up the pitch, um, midfield has kind of been identified as as a place where Ranieri might like to strengthen. For me, I'm not a hundred percent sure it's fully necessary. I think we're jam packed. Full of midfielders. I think, yeah, I think midfielders would be probably the last position I'd be looking to. But someone like Danny Drinkwater has been heavily linked. I don't know if that's just a lazy rumor because I think that's of, just a lazy rumor because, because of, of the Leicester. Connection. Like I think that it doesn't make sense because you've got Seri and Kearney, like, and they it'd be um, those two. I'd argue are probably well, maybe Kearney may, may not be better than Drinkwater, but Seri definitely is. And I think you know, yes, he's a more defensively aware midfielder, but he's, I mean, but, but again, I don't know. I think it's just a lazy Leicester. Fulham link to be honest yeah uh, one position which I think really needs some sort of strengthening is up front and only because there is just is no depth and if Mitrovic got injured for three months I think you'd literally just kiss our hopes of staying up completely goodbye so I think you need another striker also someone as a another another option in case you know Mitrovic isn't firing which which has happened on several occasions this season um, Islam Samani is one of those he's currently on loan at Fenerbahce but they might be able to cancel that deal and, and bring him on loan here uh, also um, I've seen rumours about Origi as well um, I would prefer to bring in Divock Origi than Islam Slimani just because I think we do need I think Slimani and Mitrovic I don't think we can work together but I think Origi can play can play off mm. Mitrovic because he has played out wide left before so I think you know Divock Origi whether it, obviously I think it would surely just be a loan deal I believe but, well, yeah, I guess unless they really—I mean, I assume Liverpool would always be interested if Fulham were able to offer well, yeah, big money. Well, no, I think if he if he's going to go, it'd be twenty, thirty mil. I think he's still got potential. I think, I think he's still got something to offer Origi, and I think yeah, he's quick, but he's also physical to go. So I think he's a bit like Kamara in that sense, but probably a bit a bit more of a footballing brain. So I wouldn't be against the idea if we brought on difficult Origi, but I'd like it on loan. And you know, for me, I think transfer-wise for us, really, I think we can't be going out and trying to sign players who haven't played in the Premier League before. No, completely. Um, it was weird. Uh, one thing we didn't pick up from the Arsenal game is <laughs> Fossu Mensa coming back in. He, he looked com- completely lost. But interesting that he got on the pitch at all because I would completely earmarked him as one of those players whose loans we may cancel in order I think to... we will anyway. Okay. I think, obviously, it's his birthday today. It's oh, tw- happy birthday, Jim. It's his, it's his 21st <laughs> birthday today. Which so I, was, I don't know how he's only 21. I assumed he was like 23, 24. Yeah, so... But, um, yeah, no, Fossi Mensa, yeah, I, I think it's terminating the loan because I think... And I, talking about that, I think fullback is a position we need strengthening because I, I think we've got two championship fullbacks playing at the moment. Yeah, so do I. And I think our system, if Ranieri wants to continue with the three at the back, relies on having top quality fullbacks and I think we can maybe live with Joe Bryan. What we need to do is just get Steven Sess out of the away end <laughs> and onto the pitch. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was in the away end yesterday. Yeah, it was with his, with his brother Chris. Um, so there's a few of the links uh, a few of the others that are on um, Cam Ramsey's transfer room roundup which you can read on the Fulhamish website uh, Shinji Okazaki uh, from Leicester City which wouldn't be terrible I've always well, thought, no, I thought I think I know, I th- he's not necessarily a clinical one who's bags 20-30 goal season but he's put he, he's got the work rate he's all he's, all, he put, he's good for the team he may, I don't know if he'd work in the system necessarily but yeah. I'm not against the idea of Okazaki I think he offers a lot more than just obviously goal scoring uh, Nathaniel Klein uh, Mirror say that Fulham, Cardiff and Leicester uh, are yeah, I've seen this rumour popped up, was it a month or two ago now? Yeah. And I'm not against the idea. I think Nathaniel Klein's a, gr- a great fullback. Obviously, he's only played a couple of times for Liverpool this season. I think, you know, he he's he's played at top level. He knows what he, he's a bombing fullback down the right. I think he's obviously definitely improvement on Cyrus Christie. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting Klein in on a loan deal. 
Um, and the other one that was also in Dean Jones's uh, transfer, kind of European transfer rumor roundup, and, and, I, and Dean is someone whose whose knowledge I do definitely trust. And you know, in there he's talking about the Pulisic deal, which we all know is kind of confirmed today. Is this Kearney John Joe Shelby link? There does seem to be some sort of legs in it, and and I guess with Kearney being at a point in his career where his next move is vital, and Fulham moving away from a possession-based style of style of football, you could see the benefits of it. But I think Newcastle seem a bit reluctant to enter into a transfer negotiation with a relegation rival. Yeah, and I also I also think this move makes sense maybe from a I'll say commercial aspect that oh it it might work for us because it plays the system we're playing now and it might keep us up. But what does it say about the identity of the club? If you're if the manager and the captain who got you up and now no longer at the club six months later, yeah, completely. that's my issue with it. Like, yes, Shelby probably suits our system more, uh, and Shelby might be a, te- a technical, a technically a better player for the system we're playing. But I think you got to think, start thinking about the, your club. And Ranieri's not going to be here forever. He knows a short-term solution. So I think 100%. for me, you I want to stick with Kenny just because what he's part of, the, he's part of the club and part of our identity. Exactly. And I think it's the same thing as well. And I'm feeling a bit deflated about the way we're playing at the moment under Ranieri. And whilst he is making some improvements, and I do like it, part of me is just, I'm not enjoying the football we're playing. And I didn't really love the style of play yesterday. I don't mind counter-attacking, but I don't think we're doing it too Yeah, I, I, well. I like I like counter-attacking systems. I think they're one, arguably one of the, I think it's one of the most effective ways to play football when you're down there. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, like everyone says, oh, but it will keep us up. But I've said this over and over again. I'd rather f- go up and down 10 scenes in a row than finish 15th 10 years in a row. Well, yeah, I think that's a fair statement to say. But the problem is you can never guarantee that you will no, keep going up no, and down. No, I, I know that. But like, I, th- I feel like, you know, Renio is a short-term option. Ket, I think Kenny's part of the club's history. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're sacrificing part of the club's identity and history with letting Kenny go. I know he's not he's been disinterested and he's not being a captain recently, but I think he's still a vital part for us and I think for us, you know, I think our big signature our club's morals and ethics is more important than trying to stay up this season. Okay. Um Oldham on Sunday, I mean <laughs> I'm it's 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 a funny one to try and even really look at. I mean, Oldham are in League Two. Uh, I don't think they're doing that great. Uh, they're 10th in League Two. They got a win against um, Notts County. It's surely an opportunity that Claudio will take to play uh, some of the younger players in the squad. You would expect uh, Luca De La Torre, Steven Sessegnon to all get an outing. Uh, a few more fringe players as well. Someone like Steffi Hansen, you imagine, might come into the side. Kevin McDonald. Uh, I know that you imagine you'd love to see Matt O'Reilly get a shot. Yeah, I want to see Matt O'Reilly play because I think, you know, you always you always see it. You always complain like, oh, Chelsea don't play their youngsters. And if you don't do it yourself, I think you can't really complain in that essence. I mean, no. I would like to see Matt O'Reilly play just cause for his for his development. I know he's still young. I know he still was a seventeen. So he's still young. But I think Delatore will play. I think Johansson will play. I think Aita and Cabana could possibly both start out wide. I don't know if we're going to stick to the same system or we're going to switch it up just for the players we're bringing in. But. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm 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 not forever. But to be fair, you know, when we played away at Millwall, we did play three at the back. Mm-hmm. So I can see Sessegnon 
coming in at centre-back rather than full-back. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, Oldham's recent results are mixed to say the least. Uh, they have won two games in a row. They got a 4-1 win away at Port Vale. Uh, they won against uh, a 10-man Notts County yesterday. Um, they did get a 6-0 battering up at Carlisle on Boxing Day. Uh, and before that, they'd lost 3-2 away at a high-flying Exeter City as well. So... Who knows? I mean, but they'll I th- be they'll be up for it. I think they're taking a lot of fans down to Craven Cottage. Um, I always remember the Leighton Orient defeat in the third round of the FA Cup, um, probably about ten or eleven years ago now. So the banana skin is always there. I mean, it would be a pretty much a disaster if we were to lose to Oldham, and and, and it would cripple confidence. I would have thought. Yeah, I think it's, we just need. To, I think we just need to get a win here. I yeah. think it's important for confidence. So I think if we get if we if we get it. I think it's, it will be it'll be great. I like. I do want to see the French players come in because you know, I think that Burnley game is so huge. We want all of all our main players to be fit and firing for that. Okay, well, we'll just um, have a few questions for you, Dom, before we finish the podcast. This is one from an account, Thomas Pedro. Um, what is your view on people wanting Scherler's loan to be terminated in January? If we get a player in, I'm not against the idea. I don't think he. He doesn't offer anything off the bench. So if we were to drop him, I don't think if you bring him on, well, I don't see what he offers. I'm not. If we're bringing someone in, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not around there. I'm not going to say we should just terminate for to terminate it. But if we're bringing in a replacement, someone who's going to be an improvement, like Divock Origi, let's say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I would wonder the actual complexity of trying to cancel it. I can't imagine Dortmund would be too happy about the arrangement. I imagine. I, don't know, I mean, I might need replacement with Christian Pulisic. <laughs> Maybe. I imagine the uh, the fee for trying to cancel a two-year loan would be pretty high. The fine would be pretty hefty for Fulham, but I guess if it's a small price to pay for staying in the Premier League, then I guess all options uh, are on the table. Uh, another transfer one, this one from David Manning, uh, says, seems sad to say with the contract extension in the summer and him being such an influential player last season, but with Cissé even being picked ahead of him, is K-Mac's time at the club over? Uh, best move for him to the Championship. I've seen links to Rangers. Yeah, I think he'd be good, he'd be a good player for Rangers. Obviously, I've watched a lot of them this season, and they 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 are they got some good players. But I think he would work well for them. Obviously, they're after Ranger after Stephen Davis as well. So they got McDonald and Stephen Davis into their midfield. I'm sure Jack would love that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I I think that'd be a good move for him. I think you know he's I think he will leave in January. Unfortunately, he's, yeah, it's really sad. He's one of my, he was one of my favorite players in the, oh, over the last two years. But, absolute legend. Yeah, but you know, for the I'd rather him have a better career than watch him sort of just rotting on our bench and also I think a move to Rangers would do no harm for his Scotland chances either an important qualification campaign for them coming up I well yeah they they want they will really want to be at the Euros because I mean uh, they're, they're hosting they're one of the host cities yeah and if they get to the, the tournament they'll be playing at least one of their or two of the home games uh, um, in Scotland so yeah. I think it's important for them uh, Adbron Smith oh good to have Adbron Smith back on uh, do you feel that a front three of Cesc, Mitra and AK-47 is enough to keep Fulham in the Premier League if we didn't bring anyone in no nor do I I, I, don't, I just I think Cesc and Mitro, yes but I think I don't think I think AK is best you told as, me, as we've mentioned Origi quite a few times but if you told me Origi, Cesc, Mitro, I thought mm, maybe Jason Atkins, uh, all the way from Australia, with less than half a season left, do we think we've seen enough from Claudio to think we can survive? Uh, what do we need in this transfer window to ensure slash change this view? Personally, I'm still not that confident at the moment. No, I I'm, I think we're down. Like, I, 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 don't, I haven't seen enough to say we, we may be getting a bit better results, 
but it's not major improvement. We didn't exactly get a new manager bounce, but we're just lucky that the rest of the teams are pretty pony as well, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Ollie says, do you know the extent to Mawson's injury? And if it is serious, what kind of effect, effect do you think it will have? Um, well, we don't know. Nothing's been confirmed officially, I don't think, about Mawson's injury yet. I've heard, what, what only thing what I heard was four to six weeks. Yeah. And obviously someone sent a picture of him on crutches in Tesco. So <laughs> The poor bloke can't go to Tesco's about being papped. But yeah, he was on crutches in Tesco's. Uh, so it doesn't look good and that's a problem and at the moment we're using all our centre-backs so that it's inevitable that we have to well, sign Poku's going to come in and oh, well, do maybe. Job, uh, final one for me which isn't really so much of a question more just a point this one's from Raheem says you've got to start questioning Sess's fi- finishing ability as this ain't the first time he's missed these sitters had that beaten Kamara you would have all slated him if Sess scores we are 2-0 up at the Emirates and the whole game changes I mean it's you, you it's can't a good disagree point. You know, I can't disagree it's a good point to make I think people also forget he's 18 yeah I think that's a because he's played has he played 100 games I presume so um, yeah he's yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think you know people do forget about his age he is only 18 mm-hmm. like everyone talks about oh Hudson Odoi oh we can't afford to play him because he's not experienced enough well I think they're, very, they're similar ages I think there's only a year or two between them so I think you know he's still 18 people need to remember that but yeah he does need to start taking his chances more because otherwise you know it's just going to end up costing us. But I think, you know, stick with Cesc. It's part of his development. It's, you know, it's his first season in the Premier League. Like, So I think, yeah, I think, yeah, he, he needs to be more clinical, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, well, that's the end of the podcast today. Don Betts, uh, thank you for, for being on, as ever. It's all right. So podcast over the next week. Uh, we're not going to be able to do that much of an instant pod after the Oldham game. I'm away, Jack's away. Just happens to uh, align like that. Can't get a studio. So we are going to do a podcast in the middle of next week. Uh, Jack is going to host. We will reflect uh, as much as we need to on the Oldham game. Part of me thinks if we win, then no one will mind. And if we lose, no one will want to talk about it anyway, because it will be such a harrowing experience for us all. Um, a replay up at uh, Boundary Park might not be the worst thing. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. No, Considering nice. we've we've not really got many decent out of London away games, I think the only two that you have to like go ahead and book are Leicester and Wolves. So yeah, exactly. So wouldn't uh, be too bad. A nice little away trip up there might be nice, although a bit of a nightmare, obviously, for the team, and you wouldn't want extra fixture congestion. Uh, but we will have a podcast midweek next week, looking back at Oldham, uh, some more January transfer updates, and looking ahead to that massive Burnley game uh, at Turf Moor. It, it goes without saying how huge that is. If you do have that weekend off, uh, I think we need all the support we can get up there. So get your tickets. Uh, Don Betts, any travel advice for Burnley? Uh, I think cheapest option is to go via Manchester and then get the train from Manchester, Victoria to Burnley, New Burnley, Manchester Road, I think it's the station. Yeah. So if, I think tr- it, the more expensive route is via Preston. I think it's a bit quicker, but yeah, cheapest route is to go by Manchester Piccadilly. Walk across to Manchester Victoria and get the train across to Burnley. Yeah, several of the Fulhamish lads heading up there for that one. Absolutely huge game. And then after the Burnley game, uh, podcasts are back to normal back to classic monday pods classic monday is, evenings uh, which is what we all want so thank you uh for for listening today happy new year uh wherever you are around the world um i'm gonna name the podcast here with a three-word review from arthur duke who's gone for sloppy new year love it good work arthur duke so uh you are today's podcast namer uh thank you for listening today jack will be back next week so have a good one see ya. 